Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Today in Science from Wired. The long, leguminous quest to give crops nitrogen superpowers. Farmers have to apply heaps of emissions-heavy fertilizer to provide crops with enough nitrogen. Scientists are looking to legumes for help. By Matt Simon. If crops could feel envy, it'd be for legumes. Bean plants have a superpower, or more accurately, they share one. They've developed symbiotic relationships with bacteria that process atmospheric nitrogen into a form that's usable for those plants, an essential element for building their tissues, photosynthesizing, and generally staying healthy. This is known as nitrogen fixation. If you look at a legume's roots, you'll see nodules that provide these nitrogen-fixing microbes with a home and food. Other crops, cereals like wheat, rice, and corn, don't have such a deep symbiotic relationship, so farmers have to use large amounts of fertilizer to get the plants the nitrogen they need. This is very expensive, and fertilizer production is not great for the environment. It's not easy to turn atmospheric nitrogen into a form of nitrogen that plants can absorb on their own. It takes a lot of energy and really high pressures and high temperatures, says University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign plant biologist Angela Kent. Bacteria do this at ambient temperatures and pressures, so they're pretty special. While energy has been cheap, it's been easy for us to overuse nitrogen fertilizers. Even worse, once it's on fields, fertilizer spews nitrous oxide, which is 300 times as potent a greenhouse gas as carbon dioxide. Runoff from fields also pollutes water bodies, leading to toxic algal blooms. This is a particularly bad problem in the Midwest, where fertilizer empties into the Mississippi River and flows into the Gulf of Mexico, fueling massive blooms every summer. When those algae die, they suck the oxygen out of the water, killing any sea creatures unfortunate to be in the area, and creating a notorious aquatic death zone that can grow to be the size of New Jersey. Climate change is only exacerbating the problem, since warmer waters hold less oxygen to begin with. 
Given all that nastiness, scientists have long been on a quest to reduce agriculture's dependence on fertilizers by giving cereal crops their own nitrogen-fixing powers. And with the rise of gene-editing technology over the past few decades, that quest has been making progress. Last month, in the Plant Biotechnology Journal, researchers described a breakthrough with rice, engineering the plant to produce more compounds that encourage the growth of biofilms, which provide a cozy home for nitrogen-fixing bacteria, much like legumes provide nodules for their partner microbes. People for the last 30-40 years have been trying to make cereals behave like legumes, says Eduardo Blumwald, a plant biologist at the University of California, Davis, who co-authored the new paper. Evolution in that sense is very cruel. You cannot do in the lab what took millions and millions of years. So what's with the evolutionary cruelty? Why can some plants, like say aquatic ferns, fix nitrogen while others can't? It's not that other species don't get nitrogen at all. Cereal grasses use nitrogen that's already in the soil. It comes from animal manure, as well as all the life churning in the dirt. Lots of different bacterial groups process atmospheric nitrogen, not just the legume symbionts. But the legumes' bacteria grab abundant nitrogen straight from the air. When you have these nodules and you have this symbiotic relationship, it's a much more effective way of getting atmospheric nitrogen, says Joshua Doby, an ecologist at the University of Florida. Because otherwise you have to wait for the bacteria and for other processes in the soil to turn it into ammonium. One theory is that the symbiotic nitrogen relationship started out long ago as a bacterial infection, and those ancestor plants derived a benefit that was carried through to future generations. Earlier this year, Dobie published a study of plants throughout the United States, finding that there is a greater diversity of nitrogen-fixing species than other kinds in arid regions. That is even true if the soil isn't nitrogen-poor. He theorizes that millions of years ago, when those areas were wetter, the plants evolved the ability to fix nitrogen, which also allowed them to grow thicker cuticles. This trait protected them against dryness when the region eventually became arid. They were pre-adapted, basically. Non-fixers, by contrast, were weeded out by rising aridity. Another theory is that legumes might be consummate nitrogen fixers because something in their genome predisposes them to building nodules. But before you start feeling sorry for non-fixers, constructing nodules and hosting bacteria comes with a major cost. It turns out that it's very energetically expensive to actually do this, says Ryan Folk, a biodiversity scientist at Mississippi State University who co-authored the new paper with Dobie. First, a legume has to build those nodules on its roots. Then it has to provide sugars to the bacteria to keep them happy. It's something like 20 to 30% of the legume's photosynthetic output actually goes to the bacteria, so it's an extraordinary price, he says. So even though it's less efficient for plants to get their organic nitrogen from bacteria already in the soil, it's also less costly because symbiotic bacteria are super needy. What Bloomwald and his colleagues have done with rice is sort of halfway between the strategies of legumes and non-fixing plants. They sifted through compounds that the plant produces, testing which ones induce the formation of a biofilm. When bacteria form biofilms, it's like a hippie commune. They are cozy, they are all together, they share things, says Bloomwald. A complex layer of polysaccharides, proteins, and lipids covers the biofilm, which is not permeable to oxygen. That's important because oxygen interferes with the bacteria's fixing of nitrogen from the air. In legumes, the nodules keep the oxygen out. The team landed on a biofilm-boosting compound called apigenin. 
They then used CRISPR gene editing to silence the plant's expression of an enzyme that breaks down this apigenin, allowing more of the compound to accumulate in the plant and extrude into the soil to create a biofilm. Then the bacteria started fixing nitrogen from the air to produce ammonium that the plant can uptake, says Bloomwald. The proportion of nitrogen fixing versus the rest of the bacteria near the root increased. Basically, the rice plant now had its own fertilizer factory, giving it the nitrogen-fixing power denied to it by evolution. This would seem to skirt a problem with previous attempts to get cereal crops to fix their own nitrogen, says Kent, the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign plant biologist who wasn't involved in the research. People have tried to inoculate soils with nitrogen-fixing bacteria in the hope that the plants and microbes would form a partnership. But that's been difficult, since the soil microbiome is a widely complex ecosystem of competing bacteria. One thing I really liked about this paper is that it's looking to modify the plants to make them partner with the soil microbiome better, says Kent. It helps to recruit the desired kind of microbes and give them a competitive advantage. Interestingly, scientists previously discovered a unique variety of corn in Mexico that fixes nitrogen in a similar way. The corn's tube-shaped roots grow above ground, sheathing themselves in a bizarre mucilage, a whole lot of dripping goo. Like the biofilm around the rice roots, this mucilage houses nitrogen-fixing bacteria. The corn study authors think it would be possible to breed this trait into commercial varieties of corn. Another problem with previous attempts with inoculation, Kent says, has been that the introduced bacteria can't provide all the nitrogen the plants needed. A farmer would still have to apply fertilizer, but the overapplication of fertilizer can actually overload natural nitrogen fixers in the soil, sending them into hibernation. The field goes numb, essentially, as the beneficial microbiome shorts out. A company called Pivot Bio is engineering nitrogen-fixing bacteria that don't shut down in the presence of added nitrogen. We break the genetic feedback loop that causes them to go into hibernation when fields get fertilized, says Karsten Teme, the company's CEO and co-founder. Just recently, they've launched new products in which these microbes are applied directly to seeds of corn, wheat, and other cereals. With earlier products, they instead sprayed the bacteria as a liquid during seed planting. Currently, the microbes can't supply all the nitrogen these cereals need, so farmers may still need to fertilize. But Teme says the company is improving the microbes' efficiency. What we see is there's going to be a progression, where today we're supplying a fraction of that nitrogen, he says. And over time, we begin to supply the majority and eventually the entirety of that nitrogen the crop needs. An effective biological nitrogen fixation system for rice could be a game-changer in global agriculture, says Palavalu Mahaswara Reddy, who studies nitrogen fixation in cereals at India's Energy and Resources Institute. That's because the human population is growing rapidly, demanding more food and fertilizer to feed it. Since the advent of Green Revolution in the mid-1960s, the application of chemical nitrogen fertilizers boosted rice yields by 100 to 200 percent to match the demands of world population, Reddy says. In the next 30 years, we must produce nearly 50 percent more rice than what is currently produced to supplement the food requirements of an increasing human population. But even if scientists can just reduce the amount of fertilizer needed for agriculture, the industry would be saving some of the energy it takes to manufacture the stuff while cutting both farmers' costs and the runoff that makes it into waterways. That'll be especially important in parts of the world where climate change is making downpours more powerful. A warmer atmosphere in general holds more water, which will wash more fertilizer off of fields. 
And just in case you're worried about leagues of nitrogen-fixing plants spreading out of control thanks to their new superpower, Kent says there's nothing to fear. We don't see legumes taking over the world, says Kent. Nitrogen-fixing is probably not the trait that a plant would need for becoming a superplant. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.